welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is, quite simply, hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates, you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. Hey, Liz. Hey, Ariel. So I have a question for you. What was your very first job? Like, I want to know way back in the day, not way back in the day, but like way back in the day, what was your first job? I would consider my first job being a camp counselor because I did that. I mean, I think I probably did some babysitting when I was like in middle school, but you know, I wasn't like receiving a paycheck and didn't like have a boss. The first time I had a boss and received an official paycheck with taxes and all that was in high school when I worked as a summer camp counselor. It was in North Carolina and I was lived in Florida. So it was like, I went away for the summer and it was the camp where I had been a camper many times Uh in my childhood. And my whole family, like my brothers did it too. We all loved it. And we had friends that we would see every year when we went back. So we were like, just really comfortable there. So I went away for like half the summer starting in like late high school and would be a camp counselor there and, um, you know, teach like archery and camping and whitewater rafting and take care of like, you know, elementary school kids. And it Uh was fun. Yeah. I loved it. (laughs) And that was, that was pretty much what I, during the, during the like school year, I didn't have a job in high school. I was like, did a bunch of sports and stuff like that. But in the summer, that's how I made some extra cash. So when you were doing that, did you think that one day you'd be an author? I always wanted to be. I don't think I don't think I ever really took it that seriously though, but I certainly always wanted to be. Ever since I was little, I was like writing stories and English and writing were always my favorite things and um yeah, I think as long as I can remember, it's the only thing that I ever like really wanted to do and be, but I didn't know how, there was never like a direct path, so I didn't really ever take it seriously. So honestly, if you told me, did I think it would ever happen? No, probably not. I was very like, oh, I have to, you know, get some, like what people would consider like a safe job or a normal job, you know? So no, I never really thought about it. But I mean, on hard days when I, you know, don't want to write or I'm having trouble with the client or whatever, feel like I just hate what I'm doing. I remind myself that like, this is the exact dream I had all those years ago, which is super cliche, but it's yeah, honestly the truth. Um, yeah. yeah. What about you? What was your first job? I was a waitress at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Denny's. <Which> I know. <laughs> so funny. Which okay. you can just imagine. Um, did not go great (laughs) because I was so shy and I was so, uh, intimidated by all the other people there. And I hated having old men yell at me on Sunday brunch after church when they, when I didn't bring them their coffee fast enough. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, So that lasted, um, I think like a couple months and I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But I definitely 
would have been surprised to know that almost 20 years later, I would be an author someday. Neither one of us admittedly never dreamed we would be published authors. And now we're going to be, um, hopefully listeners, you have seen this already. If you follow us on social media, but, um, Ariel and I signed a book deal in the last month, um, with a traditional publisher and we have a book that will coming out, be coming out in 2024. Yep. Um, the, the hungry fall. authors book. Yep. So on that note, we are going to talk about how we got a book deal because it's what everybody wants to know. Um, it's one of our top asked questions, not about us, like how they got a book deal. Everyone wants to know or how to get a book deal, rather how they get a book deal. Um, you know, we write book proposals for a living. We know lots of people, you know, we just it seems to be the question that that most people come to us for. And we know how the process goes for others. We have helped shepherd lots of people through it and written book proposals that have sold um, for others. But this was our first time doing it for ourselves. Um, And we, even though we have this experience and we're like in the industry, um, you know, it was still hard and it was still took a while and it wasn't smooth sailing and we got lots of no's. And so um, we're going to tell everybody the process start to finish how it how it came to be. So it was about a year ago. Now we, at some point we were scrolling back in our Google calendar, trying to like figure out the exact day, which we don't know, but it was basically last June. Yeah. When we started meeting weekly on Friday mornings. Yeah. um, To still do, which we still do. Yep. Exact same time. Every Friday we meet to talk about um, our book and from day one, we were just going to self or hybrid publish because Mm -hmm. it just seemed easy. And I don't know, we just, that's kind of what was in our brain from the beginning. We'll just write it together, knock it out, put it up on Amazon. It'll help both of our businesses. You know, we just wanted to get it out there. Um, So we started meeting on Fridays and basically, you know, for like a month or two, we mapped out the whole book, which is basically still table of contents that we have today, more or less. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's morphed a little. Um, And then we had this whole table of contents. We were ready to go to start writing. And then um, in about August, on one Friday morning, you said, why don't we just try and write a proposal? Because I think we might be able to get a book deal. And I was like, huh. I mean, okay, sure. Why not? You know? Um, so what, like, what made you say that to me? (laughs) I think I wanted to put some of our ideas to the test. Cause I remember you and I having a conversation early on Voxer about how, like, we just see that people with no platform really can get a book deal. And we see that people with great ideas and great writing can successfully traditionally publish And we also see that people with massive platforms sometimes don't successfully traditionally publish. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that really stuck with me and it's kind of become one of the cornerstone beliefs of this entire project of hungry authors. By the way, if you're feeling a little eye rolly listening to this, because we are like, quote, in the industry, that was by no means like it was because we were in the industry that we knew what we're up against had some obstacles, right? Yes. (laughs) We do not have a big platform. I mean, if you 
follow anything hungry authors branded did not exist this was just yeah. liz and ariel i have still have like less than a thousand instagram followers basically no email list i think i have like a couple hundred but i don't use it i'm like the anti-example of you know what how to like nurture an email list um you know you had a, a you have a newsletter that's amazing but it was like small it's especially small. Yeah. it was smaller even a year ago of course yep we have um a network we'll get into the strengths of our proposal later but but and we, we want to write a book. We know we can do it well, but this is our niche topic. We do not expect a book about how to write a nonfiction book to, you know, be the next yep. like best-selling book. You know, we know that. Um, and so anyway, we were, we knew yeah. what we were up against. And my point is um, just because we have written books before and been in the industry was by no means a guarantee that like we could get a book deal. We had lots right. of things to overcome. So so I said, sure, um, let's write a proposal. Um, and we had a, a really honest discussion too about our, you know, our backup plan. Okay. Yes. So we're going to try for this traditional book deal, but we also were not putting all of our eggs in that basket. We were very realistic that it, you know, probably wouldn't work out. And so assuming, assuming that it didn't work out, we had a backup plan. We were going to probably pursue a hybrid situation mm -hmm. and we kind of decided we're both willing to contribute about $5,000 each to mm -hmm. the creation and production and publication of this book. And we just, you know, I think, I think honestly, that was, that was a strength in our mindset of like, Hey, we're yeah. going to try this thing. Our hopes are not all wrapped up in it. But, um, and if it doesn't work out, we're, we're just going to do something else and no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, something that we, I don't know if we wanted it from the beginning, but as we mapped out the book and just gained energy and momentum from doing it together, we did begin to want, um, more from yes. it, you know, more for it, I suppose, you know, yes. we wanted mm -hmm. the, um, the distribution that comes from traditional publishing, which is changing. Like yep. we know that there are lots of hybrid publishers have, um, you know, channels into some traditional mm -hmm. outlets now, but in general, there's still the clout and the distribution that comes with traditional publishing. Yep. Um, we are pretty, pretty familiar there. Cause we both, um, do a lot with traditional publishers. Of course you worked for one for a long time. And so, yep we're just really familiar with the process and how it works and um, you know, would love to partner with an editor that we would build a great relationship with. Um, we begun to see potential for this as a brand and partnering what, what we knew what partnering with an, an agent long-term for us could do if we yes. wanted to create a series or teach, which of course we do now. And um you know, but again, like to reiterate, nothing hungry authors existed. Like we didn't even have the name hungry authors. Like, I don't even know what our first name was, but it was basically about like how to write a nonfiction book. You know, I think my, the, the first, um, you know, email invites for, uh, or calendar invites for our meetings was like book planning book. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Cause it was more about the focus was more about mapping right it was yeah about we were going to write entirely about book mapping yeah which we exactly. still um you know that's another cornerstone piece of hungry authors but i mean the other reason i think we wanted traditional publishing was that we really trusted like the vetting process it's you know it's one thing to be like hey we have all these ideas about how this is going to work and it's a very different thing to be like oh 
we have validation from lots of other people that they believe it could work too. Yep. So it still took us a month or two, um, but by September um, slash early October, maybe we had it finalized and, and I, I think we made it clear, but we're talking like last year, 2022. So September, October, 2022, we had a solid proposal and we decided to get some feedback from some of our trusted friends who you've heard from on the podcast. Some of them we've interviewed and some of them you just heard us mention their names like Kent. My previous colleagues gave us yep. some feedback, some, you know, acquisitions editors, mm-hmm. um, a couple other contacts of, you know, people who were former acquisitions editors that we know. Yep. Um, they also gave us feedback on the proposal we got. And we, we asked kind of a lot of people, honestly, we probably asked too many <laughs> and know, we, got we got some, some conflicting and yeah, we got some yes. contradictory uh, yeah. recommendations, which always happens. And so some things we just had to kind of say, you know what, we're, we're going to take a stand. We're going to decide to do this and, you know, not take this person's feedback as much as we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of had to make some decisions for the proposal for ourselves. Exactly. And that honestly was kind of good. Like getting conflicting feedback can be confusing and hard, but sometimes it helps clarify for you what direction you want to go because yeah somebody gave us some feedback about how they thought we should really change it in a certain way yep and we considered it and we came down really hard on no that's Mm -hmm. not what we want to do not that that person was wrong we could have and that might have been a fine book but that's not the book we wanted to write and it was good that that you and I I can't even remember the specifics but basically like it, it was you know, it helped us clarify like, okay, no, this is the direction we want to go. We're mm-hmm. not taking that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was good. Yeah. It was a, it was a nice refining process for our ideas too. And mm-hmm. the other thing is we got some really great language that we've now, yes. you know, really adopted and started using because sometimes when you hear other people's, other people's understandings of what you're saying reflected back to you, it actually helps crystallize the idea in your mind, which is what we do for authors all the time. But it was kind of the first time that other people had been able to do that for us. And it was so, so helpful. Um, So then it was end of October. We were ready to start shopping it. We had created a short list of our own of some agents, but it happened to be that early November, the first week of November, we went to um, the Hope Writers Conference, which mm-hmm. is um, not just a writers conference in Charlotte um, with a few hundred people. And um, our friend Meredith Height Estevez, who was on the podcast recently, um, said, you should meet my agent, Don. I think, yep. um, you know, he's amazing and he seems like, you know, would be a good fit for you. And we sat Oh, well, at that conference, we still met. We met with a couple agents like in person at that conference. Mm -hmm. And you and I sent like five emails to Dawn was one of them and um, to like a few other agents. And that was our first Mm -hmm. agent submissions. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up. Yeah. I think we sent to six or seven agents total and a couple people you know, ended up saying kind of immediately no, <laughs> which is always a little, yeah, takes the wind out of your sails. But I, re- we've talked about this before. I remember we were, we were also really excited, like, oh, we're real writers now. We did it. We got our first rejections. This is okay. This is a good thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now we can really talk to 
speak honestly or from experience rather when we coach people through it. And some people we didn't hear back from for a while. Actually, there I remember there were a couple people who responded to us like over a month later I, and maybe even longer than that. And we were like, oh, by, by now we've moved on. <laughs> yes. But, exactly. um, yeah. you know, we didn't hear back from a, you know, a handful of those people within mm-hmm. kind of the time frame that we were hoping for. But we did have a conversation with Don Pape um, mm-hmm. of Pape Commons, who is now our agent. And, you know, I think the referral from Meredith really helped on yep. both, like both ways. We felt like, oh, you know, Don seems like a great person from what Meredith has told us. I think Meredith's endorsement of us was also very meaningful for Don. And so, you know, we both went into it, I think, feeling pretty optimistic and positive about the relationship. And I remember listening to Don, you know, talking about hungry authors and Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, he gets it. Like he really has someone in the industry. He sees this and he lives it out. I think that's something that I've been really impressed with you know, is that Don is someone who helps people with small platforms get book deals and he does it very well. And he's so well-connected. He's such a great advocate for authors. So that's been, that was a great, uh, great match, I think. Absolutely. And this is one of the parts of our stories that might be, um, just unique, I suppose, in that we got an agent very quickly and we got a yes from Dawn very quickly. Now we we also, like you said, got some quick no's, but I do just wanna point out to people, if it takes you many, many months to get a yes from an agent or get a a positive or a response of any kind from an agent, that is probably more typical. We just happen to have this really great connection quickly we did not expect it and we were prepared for that not to happen because we know it's not the norm so this is one of the ways that our story is a little bit of an exception that we had this warm introduction and it just happened to be to the right person we were anticipating that this was going to take months you know we thought that it we thought for sure we're going to need to keep looking this was just the first batch of proposed or this was just the first batch of queries we were already talking about okay next month we're going to send out queries to these people. We, you know, had a plan in place to keep, keep going, keep looking. Yeah. And even after we talked to Don that next week, we did a zoom with him. And of course it was amazing. And we clicked and we both had a really great feeling about it, but we also talked afterwards and we're, we were like, but like, should we sign so fast? Like, should we wait and see if we get yeses from other people? Should we shop around? Should we tell people? And so, I don't know, we thought about that for a few days and we both just and again, if, if if this happens to you and you want to make, you know, a different choice and keep keep looking to some degree, that would have been fine. But yeah. we just we had a great feeling about Don. We were also just ready to go. The proposal was yeah. ready. Don was ready. He didn't want to do a lot to it, which is also a little bit unique. Sometimes you sign with an agent and they love your idea, but they want to make a bunch of changes to your proposal. He didn't yeah. want to do much to it and he was just ready to go. And so we yeah. said yes and we stopped looking he didn't actually start sending out the proposal right away because it was November and we were heading into the holidays, which, um, for those of you who don't know, the holidays is not a great time to be sending out your proposal because everyone is trying to finish out the year and Don knew that. And so he said, let's wait until 2023 to start sending this out. And the other thing is he wanted us to build up our 
platform a little bit and get yep. some things going because he really emphasized that when publishers go looking at us online, they want to see that we're doing things that we're, you know, we've got things going on that people are really engaged with us. And this is good advice for every aspiring author mm -hmm. that when, when you're preparing to send a book out on, you know, on submission or get, get some publishers eyes on it, you want to be doing a lot online too. So I remember in December, like I was posting and, and early in that year, you know, we started the hungry authors, Instagram account, and we were really pushing hard. Um, we were posting almost every single day. We had all kinds of things that we were doing. We were getting some podcast interviews lined up. That was some of our like early, um, talks that we were doing together. We started planning these master classes. Yep. And then I think, it, I think it was Dawn who had the idea that we should do a podcast. Yes. Well, I want to give due credit because I do every time it comes up that Kent was the That's original true. person who said to, he said it to me individually. I remember a long time ago when I was on his podcast and then he said it to both of us, yes. like he's been beating the podcast drum for a long time. And I was always like, no, I think you were also like, no. Yeah. And then, and, I don't know, it's almost like Kent was like our dad. And then like somebody else came along our yes. agent and he was like, you do a podcast. And we're like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> he's, Kent's probably like, I've been telling you to do that anyway. So yeah, because Hungry Authors, like the brand and everything else is a whole other conversation. But along the way, as we are mm -hmm. creating the proposal, meeting, um, I guess it was mostly the proposal create proposal creation process that a lot of this other stuff came about, which we, mm -hmm. you know, won't get into in too in depth. But basically, yeah, we 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 wanted to start teaching, we wanted to yep. start yeah, building all the assets that we knew we would need um, for the book. Mm -hmm. And then we just, let's do something like, let's build a community. Let's start teaching. Let's start, you know, um, and it was sometime around there, which is the time that the proposal was, you know, about to get shipped that we were like, this is bigger than a book. Like yep. this can be, yeah, a community, a podcast, uh, you know, everything. So basically we waited till March. We had, oh, well, because yeah. we, we, um, hired uh somebody to do our website we got the podcast off the ground yep there's some delays in there because of the website and just making sure everything was up and running um so basically it wasn't until march that mm -hmm. so it was like february january february march um those first three months of the year we spent getting podcast episodes out getting a social media up and running getting our website up yeah and just making sure everything was was there and great for mm -hmm. um editors to go looking and then um and then Don sent it um you know to about 20 publishing houses so we also thought it would be fun to take a minute to get into like while we pause the story real quick get into some of the pros and cons of our proposal like let's do a yes. little post-mortem mm -hmm. on what we knew was good and what was going to be hard this is where my acquisitions background was helpful, hopefully. Um, and I think also, again, why we were very realistic about, okay, we do know what our strengths are and we also knew what our weaknesses were. So here's, here's kind of how, how we saw the picture, the pros in the pros column, we had a really strong network. And I think that was what we really led with. That was the strength that we 
were, we put right at the top of our proposal, we had a section of, you know, highlights essentially of our strengths at the top of our proposal. And I think that was the very first one we had, you know, been cultivating all of these relationships with people in the industry. And we had all of that validation from the reviews and the feedback that we had gotten. So we were able to even quote people in saying, we know that this is a process that works with authors. We have all this validation, not from our own experience, but also from these people. So that was a, a big strength. The other one was that, you know, you and I have so much experience doing this. And by that time we had some master classes under our belt. We had, you know, a significant client list of people that we had worked with. We were really able to come at it, I think, from the from the standpoint of we are, you know, quote, experts in this thing. And the next logical step for us is to write a book on our, you know, sharing our expertise with more people. The other thing I think we had was a really great writing sample. Honestly, I think, I mean, you and I, we're both professional writers. We get paid to write books for people (laughs) and we had a strong writing sample. We knew exactly what we wanted to say. Actually, I think the first chapter went through a few iterations as we kind of figured out the mindset and how to articulate that hungry author's mindset. Um, But, you know, chapter one was about the hungry author's mindset. And then we did what we submitted an introduction chapter one on the mindset. And then we also submitted chapter two, which was on audience. Implicit in that, in the proposal and explicit in the video that we sent, because we did send a little, um, you know, pithy, cute (laughs) video of ourselves. I mean, we, we were professional, but we just wanted them to get a feel for our personality and what it was like to uh, see us, um, quote, you know, in person, if you can say that via video, we sent a little two minute video to accompany our submission. And in that video, we flat out said like, this will be easy for you to the editor, you know? (laughs) And again, that's implicit in a strong writing sample. And we explicitly said it in the video, but I don't think you can underestimate um, when an editor knows that they are working with not only somebody who knows their material really well, but just can write and will mm-hmm. make their job really easy because the, yep. the, the uh, manuscript is going to come in super clean, super tight, structurally sound. You know, I mean, it's a dream, right? They don't yeah. want to spend months and months like fixing your mess. So we're yep. like, listen, We've got all these other things, but also like, we're going to be your easiest clients. You're, we're going to submit something so ready to go, you know, not to brag on ourselves, but we do this for a living. It would be bad if we didn't know how to submit something sound, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's going to be on time or even early. It's going to be great. And we're going to market the hell out of it because we know we need to do that. We're going to be, essentially we wanted in this video to really assure publishers, Hey, we're going to be great partners. We, our goal is to be the best partner we can for you. Yeah. And we had started really engaging people like online, but also, you know, in person at the conference that we went to, we were just able to say, Hey, we really know our market well. And we were able to demonstrate that we know our market really well with, you know, endorsements that we had already gotten with, you know, the feedback we'd already gotten. We had, you know, proof that our, our social media stuff was growing really fast, which is a form of validation and showed the publisher that, you know, people are really engaged with what we're doing. Um, and we had that proof of concept through the master classes that we had been offering. So we had, you know, we had already been teaching some of the things that we wanted to put in the book. Yeah, exactly. And 
it's great. You know, the exact numbers and yeah, like proof is mm -hmm. amazing. And I just think people can't underestimate how valuable it is to just be able to say like, this is what people ask us over and over again. And this is what we do for them that they love over and yep. over again. You know, that yep. sort of proof of, of concept. That's what people love to hear. They want to know like, is this have work? you done this before? Yeah. Does it work? Mm -hmm. Like, have you done this before? Um, and are you like known for this? Let's talk about the cons. So in the cons column, we both had and still have small platforms. That was a major con. And for some people, that was the reason they ended up saying no. As much as we, you know, we believe that even with a small platform, you can get a book deal. Small platform is still a consideration. It's still an obstacle that you have to overcome somehow. And so we knew that that was something that we were up against and we were working hard to change it. We were doing all those things. We talked about podcasts and social media and growing our email lists. And we were, we were working really hard to overcome that challenge, mm -hmm. but we still had that challenge. And I think we still have that challenge, honestly. Yep. And the other thing, you know, in the cons column was that it's really niche. You know, this is a, this is a niche topic. It's a smaller audience. Yes, lots of people want to write a book, but also not a lot of people are necessarily going to go out and buy a buy a book about it. <laughs> right. Um, so we knew that this was a very, a very small audience. We're not talking about a general market New York Times bestseller here. So right from the get-go, you know, publishers are going to see us as a limited investment. You know, if they're making yeah. an investment in our pub in our book, the kind of the upper level maximum of what they can make back is a lower number than it might be for other books. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. we were going to have to convince publishers like, Hey, even though this isn't going to be a big investment for you, it's still going to be an investment you should make. Right. Exactly. And, you know, make no mistake. We plan to make this the best selling book about writing nonfiction books that there can possibly be. I mean, we, we are going to far out sell our advance and, you know, create multiple books in the same vein down the road. And, you know, it, we've got big plans for it, but also, you know, this doesn't have the mass market appear appeal rather of, you know, like a moving memoir. We just, we know that that's just the facts and that's fine. We're, we're not, we're not setting out to do that. We're setting out to help people who want to write books and yeah, lots of competition. So there have been, um, a number of books written about how to write books. We, we, you know, one of the things we heard from people is that um, even like publishing houses um, that know us personally, you know, um, and they've said and that they like us a lot and they think we're great having worked with us, but it conflicts. It's too similar to something else they've already published, you know, or it's too similar to something else, or they published this other writing book and it didn't sell well, you know? And so that gives them hesitation about other books about writing. The other thing I remember us talking about as we were researching the competition for our proposal, you know, what books are we going to include in the comp section of our proposal? I remember us talking about the fact that a lot of books by editors, a lot of the books on how to write a book were actually self-published. And so that, that was kind of a warning sign 
you know, that's a red flag to publishers. Oh, a lot of other books on this topic are self-published. What does that tell you about kind of the possibility for this type of a book? That's something that, you know, as an acquisitions editor, I would see and be like, Oh, I don't know about that. That's, you know, so again, not really a reality we could change. Um, but I, you know, in the proposal, we made sure to include all of the, all of the traditionally published books that we yeah, I was gonna say, make the point <laughs> that we did not leave. You do not want self-published books on your proposal, assuming you're traditionally publishing. Don't, so like we, you noticed that and took those off and we're like, okay, we got to replace this. But that was, yeah, just a good insight. Like hmm, all these other books we're looking to comp to are, are self, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. I do think it's kind of a rite of passage for people like us to write a book about how to write books <laughs> because, you know, as professionals here, like everyone is kind of figuring out their own unique way of doing this. And every, every book coach and editor, you know, figures out their own way of explaining things to authors and way that they think is, you know, the best way to present it. And because it's our great passion, we all are like, well, we should write a book about it. So what we were doing was not particularly unique or novel at all. And especially in this community, you know, every, every single editor that we submitted to probably has a stack of books exactly like ours already on their desk. And we knew that. And so we had to figure out how to articulate what made our book very different from all of the books that they already have on their bookshelf. Yes, exactly. Which, you know, you're, if you want to, um, get a book deal, your challenges might be different from ours, but you will have them. You know, it's it's very rare to almost, you know, um, non-existent that every that you won't come up against something similar where you just have to um, make up for those weaknesses in other ways and have the resilience to keep going and know that they are overcomable. You just have to find the right partner or try the right amount of times, you know? And also just because there are great books about writing didn't mean that we didn't dissuade us from wanting to write our own book about it because while there are lots of them, we have something unique to say about it. And we had, you know, there is um, unique, there is, uh, you know, what we would consider different material in our book about our process that works that we don't hear people talking about. But one of the other ways that we differentiated ourselves was just was mindset and voice. You know, a lot of the books that we had um, read that were instructive on how to put together a nonfiction book, our, our, um, they, they do not have the kind of positive more, I guess I, I would consider it um, contemporary or modern young, even um, fun, fresh feel that we want to bring to it. A lot of it, they're either very literary or they're lofty from somebody on their high horse who's been in the industry for 20 years and is like pandering. I mean, that's probably a little bit harsh, but you know, some people, book people can be snobs, you know? And so we were like, no, we think we've seen people do this. It's fun. It's possible. Let's empower people. Let's not be like, oh, I worked at, you know, Penguin Random House for 20 years, you know, here's my 
special sauce that only one percent of you can accomplish, you know, whatever. We really wanted it to feel fun and positive and a little sassy. And that was something that I, I think, I still think makes our message unique and, and kind of cool. So when it comes to differentiation and finding your angle, you know, this is something we get into much deeper in our classes, um, book and classes book, but mostly our book, um, you know, content is, uh, is, is important and having something unique to say, but the way you say it also matters. Um, cause you can, you know, reach a whole new audience just by your voice. All right. So Don sends it out to about 20 publishers, uh, or specific acquiring editors at publishing houses rather that he did some extensive research on. You contributed a lot to that. I contributed very minimally. I think maybe one or two editors that I know, but I did not have nearly as deep an, um, knowledge of the houses and the acquiring editors that you have, just the ones that I'd worked with personally. And a lot of them I knew wouldn't even be interested because my clients are a whole different demographic than you know us. So he um, sent it out with a, as personal of a note as he could write um, and a little query pitch um, in the email with the proposal and that w- those went out in March. Yeah. We started getting some responses. Honestly, this was kind of slow. This was probably the biggest part of what felt like the waiting to me because we, it was probably, I mean, it was well over a month that we were pitching that, that Don was pitching on our behalf and waiting for responses. And some people, you know, pretty quickly again said, no, it's not a good fit for us. Kind of the big, the big responses were the things that we already identified platform too small. And this is too niche for us. That was something that we heard often from people was, you know, this looks great. I, you know, we agree with the ideas, love the vision. However, we don't publish books for an audience this small, essentially maybe it was even over a month, like maybe closer to like six weeks that we were waiting for responses. We were still waiting for, um, some of those publishers to get back to us. I know Don kind of nudged some people to hear back from them. And we were getting to the point where we had a meeting set up with Don to talk about next steps. Cause at this point we were thinking, okay, this first round of proposals is all a no. And we had a meeting set up with Don already scheduled on the calendar to talk about, you know, what were our next steps going to be? Were we going to like, was he going to keep pitching for us or were we going to, um, you know, take our book and hybrid publish or self-publish or do, you know, do something else with it. We were going to figure out what our next steps would be, assuming that all of those were a no. And then one happy Friday when I was in Savannah. We got an email. Got a, yes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a, um, yes, I'm very interested. Let's meet. Yes. Basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, from our, who, you know, went on to be, who is now our editor at Roman and Littlefield. So you texted me on like a Friday evening and you're like, oh my God, check your email. And yeah, we had, um, an editor, Kristen at, um, at Roman and Littlefield said, we love it. <clears throat> we we're interested. Let's meet. So that was of course, super exciting. Um, we did, we set up 
a, a Zoom with her and the two of us and Dawn. That went great. She, um, we learned a lot about Roman and Littlefield. Neither of us knew a whole lot about them. We never worked with them before. Oh, wait, you knew a little bit about them. Yeah, I knew a little bit about them because I had competed against them <laughs> for some books in the past. So I, their education editor and I had had some battles for some projects in the past. Uh, I know that I lost a couple proposals to him. I think he lost a couple proposals to me. That's just how the publishing world goes. And this was, a, you know, a different editor, a uh, very different part of the company, different list. Um, so I, I had no knowledge of Kristen and, and her list particularly, but it was just kind of funny that it worked out that way. <laughs> Roman and Littlefield is not really an academic publisher necessarily, but they tend to publish professional books um, in smaller audiences. They're an independent publisher. So it actually, you know, it felt very aligned with and, and pretty realistic with what we knew our our chances would be. This is a, a slightly smaller publisher. They're independent, which I really like. Um, they're not owned by one of the big five, which is great for small niche projects like ours, because it means that acquisitions editors have a little bit more autonomy. Um, editors have the freedom and flexibility to say, Hey, this is just a project I really love and want to champion. And that's how, that's how Kristen felt about our project. And, you know, as someone who has taken a risk on other projects, I, you know, I kind of recognize that she maybe is taking a little bit of a risk on ours and I think that's something that we um, both feel very honored by. And also there's a sense of responsibility. Okay. You're taking a risk on us. We're going to really make sure that we do a good job with it. Yeah. 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 And she, um, outside of just being incredibly lovely and having personalities that we feel like meshed well together, which is important. And I think people don't consider enough is that you're going to be doing a lot of, you know, fairly close work with this person. And if you want a long-term relationship with them or partnership, you're going to just interact with them a lot. So it's important to just plain like the people that you get into, you know, a business relationship with. But um, outside of that, um, she had a, yeah, had a long-term vision, which we really appreciated. Not only did she think uh, our proposal was great and our writing was great. Um, she saw, the potential that we did for um, for Align, for more books, for um, newer additions as the industry changes. Um, she had some great ideas about how to promote it because we, um, you know, we are going with a smaller house and um, we have a smaller platform, but distribution is really important to us. We wanted to know, um, how are they going to sell it? Where are they are they going to take it to trade shows? What are they going to, you know, we, we ha have, um, Ariel and I, of course, have a whole plan um, and know exactly what's required of us and our network. And we want to execute on that. But we also wanted to know what she was going to do. We want this book, you know, everyone does a big push in those first couple months. That's almost the easy part. We want this book to sell in five years. You know, like we want this to be, a top book for this topic for a really, really long time. So what are they going to do when this is now like 
in their backlist to keep this, you know, going. Um, and she, um, she just had, um, some great ideas for that. And we liked what she had to say about, um, that, and, you know, just like getting local press, partnering with bookshops, you know, um, again, trade shows and book, book, uh, book fairs, you know, all the kind of stuff that, that they, that Roman, Roman and Littlefield does. And we were like, okay, like, cool. That's, we want to do that too. Um, now, she, they were our only, yes, we would not have agreed to that. You know, we had, again, we had a meeting planned with Dawn. We had uh, potentially another round coming up. We hadn't really like done a lot of um, research on our next round of editors yet, but we were planning to keep going. We, I mean, 20, 20 acquiring editors and houses is really not that much yet. You know what I mean? Like there's still, there was still uh, a lot more, pitching we could have done. So my point in saying that is we did only get one yes this round and but we would not have agreed and signed and said yes uh if we didn't have a really good feeling about it. We just um fortunately did. So um that's yeah, I mean within a, another week or two we um we signed our deal with with Roman and Littlefield and of course always in the back of our minds was hey like if if we don't get a um, a yes from somebody or if we get a yes from an acquiring editor that we just don't really like the terms of the deal or we just have a bad feeling about it there's always self and hybrid publishing which we knew we could be successful in if we wanted to but um this is just this came our way and we used all of our um the information we could gather and of course our just our best instincts um we decided to, to say yes so we've got a book deadline at the in the fall and then uh comes out next year yeah and we did negotiate the contract too i mean you know publishing contracts are fairly standard across the industry but because i had negotiated so many in the past i was like i know I think I know where we can push a little bit. I know what we can ask for. That's not too crazy. And even though I don't think any editor at a publishing company is like excited when an author comes back to them with a list of potential changes and um, questions about the contract, there were some things that were really important to us. Like it was important to us to have some specific language in there saying that we would retain the rights to you know, some of the like graphics and templates and, you know, things that we really wanted to make sure that, you know, we didn't have to ask Roman and Littlefield's permission if we wanted to use some of the things that we had created, like in, in future workshops or in, um, conference materials, we wanted to make sure that we still had the full reign of use of our intellectual property as we could, because, we will be using it to make the book more successful. Um, the other thing that we asked for was more comp books. <laughs> we wanted more, we wanted more free books. For those of you who don't know, you get, you know, a number, usually it's around 10 or 12. The authors get a number of free books from the publisher that are really intended to be used as just like, you know, I'm going to give this to my mom and I'm going to keep a couple copies for myself and I'm going to give a copy to my, you know, mentor or whatever. And that's really it. If you want more copies as the author, you will need to buy them usually at a pretty solid discount of like 
30 to 40%. Um, and so we, between the two of us, you know, getting 12 copies, that was only six copies for each of us. And we really wanted to send, and we want to send a lot of copies to our network, to a lot of our colleagues who we know will be able to, and have already said that they will, you know, buy this for their authors. They're going to help promote it to their networks. And so we wanted to make sure that we could get more than just six copies each, not just for our families and for the people that we love, but also for purposes, the purposes of making the book more successful. We found out that Roman and Littlefield, you know, was already planning on giving away more comp books than we thought, than we knew about, um, to influencers and endorsers. So that was good news. Um, but we were able to ask for and get a few more copies for each of us to also send to influencers, which was really nice. Yeah. And we won't mention specific numbers, but we also negotiated a higher advance and higher royalties. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Don Um, was a big part of that. He was, um, a really great advocate for, for us in that way. And we, there's a little bit of back and forth on like audio and a couple, mm-hmm. like the audio book and just a couple other random places, but yeah, comp books. And that like going back to our proposal, the strengths of that and our marketing plan, our network is a huge part of, of our marketing plan and getting them free books is, or, you know, getting them, getting them books, ideally books we don't have to pay for is right. a huge part of that, you know? And yes. so that's, Again, like Ariel explained, you know, that's, um, that's how far ahead we're looking. You know, we were thinking like, we're going to need a lot of free books because a lot of our marketing plan and the partnerships that we already have and hope to, um, you know, deepen as publishing day or publication day gets closer, you know, relies on us being able to get the books and we don't want to have to spend hundreds of dollars on our own book, you know, (laughs) although we will. We will do that. Yeah, I'm sure. I, oh, yeah, we're going to burn through those free books real fast. Yeah, all that um, money that we were willing to spend on the hybrid publisher is all going to go to <laughs> buying our own book. So first of all, we haven't said this yet, but this is our final episode for season one of the Hungry Authors podcast. It is, you know, the end of June. We're coming to the end of June now. We are going to be taking a break for the summer. Mm-hmm. while we write our book. Cause we got a deadline folks, this, yeah. and it's coming up faster than we thought. I know. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, we, we told them I mean, in their, in, our, in their defense, they're like, Oh, you can have till then. And we're like, till whenever. And we're like, Oh, we can do it faster. We're so great. We'll have it to you so fast. And now we're like, Oh God, <laughs> we got <laughs> to write it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be busy in the next couple months, you know, hard at work on our book. We're going to be back with season two in September. We already have been planning more interviews with some really cool people and some more solo episodes because some of the feedback that we've received on our podcast so far, and again, this whole thing was an experiment. Um, But some of the feedback that we've received is that people really enjoy our solo episodes where it's just me and Liz riffing about a topic and talking about what's important to us and what we care about. And that's really nice. So we, um, we're going to do more of that. And if you listening to this, if you have some requests or ideas for us, anything that you really want us to talk about questions that you have, please, please email us. Our email address is hungryauthors at gmail.com. We do 
look at everything that goes into that inbox and we will take your requests and your ideas very seriously there. We've gotten so much great feedback from people and we've implemented a lot of it. I mean, we are actively adjusting things and taking feedback and, you know, iterating all the time. Couple last things as we wrap up here. Um, we are creating something really exciting um, that will come out in the fall around the same time as season two starts um, about book mapping and yep. how to write your book. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. And then lastly, Ariel and I aren't really great about uh, about asking for this, but you know, as we take this break, as we write our book, and um, support everything that is coming in the fall and, and next year around publication. Um, we would just really appreciate it if you guys would um, leave us a rating and review on um, mm -hmm. iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, it really matters. Written review would be great, but if you don't even have time for that, just go and like give us five stars. That takes like just a couple seconds. And if there is an episode that is really resonated with you like this one about how we got a book deal a particular interview that we did with somebody you love um you know people really like the one that we did about how to get an agent the comp book yep. one people found really interesting if there's like a writerly person in your life who could benefit you'd really love it if you would share an episode with them we won't have any coming out in the next couple months but this is an evergreen podcast and we've got an amazing backlist of like 20 episodes over 20 yeah. episodes right now so um so please um go back and listen to those share them with somebody um and we are gonna write our book and then be back in full force with a lot of new content in september so if you want to see our proposal so we just you know dissected the whole thing told you all this pros and cons. We looked at it from a, you know, an acquisition standpoint, told you the whole story. If you want to see our proposal, the video that we sent with our proposal to publishers, you want to see our query letter. You want to actually be able to, you know, understand what we're talking about and see how all of this manifested for yourself. You can sign up for our newsletter and we're going to send it to you. So the link to sign up for our newsletter is going to be in the show notes. Click on that link, add in your email and voila, in your inbox, you will have our proposal and the query letter and the video so that you can look through everything for yourself and, you know, pretend like you're an acquisitions editor, look at it through those eyes, look at it and say like, would I make an investment in this book? I hope the answer is yes, because, you know, hopefully you will end up making an investment in our book later. <laughs> But, you know, looking at it and learning from it from that standpoint is going to help you so much with your own proposal. And that's our hope here with sharing it with you is we want to really, and we will continue throughout this process doing these episodes where we kind of update you on how it's going and what it's really like behind the scenes. We want to, you know, we want to bring you into this process. So if you want to see our proposal, click on that link, sign up and you'll get it. Let's go. I hope everyone has a great summer. Can't wait to hear your feedback and we'll be back soon. Thanks for being part of the Hungry Authors community. If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at Hungry Authors or HungryAuthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember, 
that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen.